You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I am very pleased to chat with KYW medical editor Dr. Brian McDonough about all the things that are happening right now in sports as the events try to come back within the next month or so. Uh, Dr. Brian, the last time I think I spoke to you was a couple of months ago, and you were very skeptical about at that time about what a safe sporting event could look like, if it's possible, so on and so forth. So a couple of months later, general, generally speaking, as major professional team sports are set to come back, how are you feeling now? I'm kind of the same way. I think we have a need to do this. I think as a country, if we can pull this off, it's really important for everybody's psyche. That being said, I do worry about putting people in a bubble and having that protection. I think it's almost impossible. And, you know, as somebody who's no longer in my twenties or thirty, it's almost impossible to get a bunch of 25 to 30 year olds to stay in, follow the bubble, you know, make sure they're not getting exposed to other people. And it's also difficult to have the people who might be cleaning their rooms, providing them with uh, food, whatever, to not have that virus. It's going to be very difficult to contain it. So let's start with the NBA, since you mentioned bubble, and they're referring to it as a campus environment down there in Disney World. Um, And I sent you this this story the other day, and and I'm curious for your thoughts on it before we get to really into the whole campus life that they're going to have there at at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. So there's... They're going to give the players or try to give the players this thing called an aura ring, which monitors, which has the potential to monitor different health aspects if, if you wear it, you know, monitor temperature, heart rate, so on and so forth, and maybe have the ability to kind of give you a heads up that symptoms of COVID could be coming your way. What are your thoughts on the aura ring? Well, first of all, it hasn't been scientifically proven, but let's face it, when we're dealing with COVID, we're doing a lot of things that aren't scientifically proven. We're trying to move on the fly. So I won't criticize them for that. It'd be a lot more simple if every day they're taking temperatures, every day they're checking pulses, and every day they're testing them. That's probably a more direct way to find out if players are exposed. But it's one more piece of information. But I don't think it's going to be the answer to everything. It's great for the Aura Ring company because it's great PR for them. But really, it doesn't provide a lot more than many other of the smart devices we have you know, brings to the table. I looked it out. It's nice, but it's not that spectacular. Can it hurt to use it in a way? I mean, it, it, it could be more info, or do you think that it could potentially be, I don't know if distraction is the right word, but I guess a, a reason to maybe 
if a player feels that he doesn't have to wear a mask or doesn't have to practice social distancing? Is that your concern that the aura ring may, may make somebody feel that they, they don't have to take the necessary precautions? Well, I think the aura, the ring itself is not a problem because any more information you have is better than none. So that's not a bad idea. But I do believe that, you know, I keep saying it again and again, and, and you know, you get to the point where you feel like you're just repeating yourself all the time. And, and not a lot of people want to buy into it, but it's real simple. If you compare 1917 in the pandemic to 2020 right now, the only difference is that we can test people and that we're smart enough to know that wearing masks, social distancing and cleaning surfaces makes a difference. Other than that, we don't have any new weapons that we didn't have them. So if we want things to be different than 1917, we have to all be wearing masks all really practicing social distancing at every age. And, you know, a lot of the new information is coming out, which is going to be concerning for the athletes, that shows in your 25s or 30 and 35 years old, you could have damage done that will impact you 15 to 20 years later that, yeah, you're 28, you're probably not going to go to the hospital and have a bad reaction and die like somebody who's older or predisposed. But if you're 28 years old, you could have enough damage to your lungs that when you're 45 years old, it'll make a big difference. And I don't think people are factoring that in right now. The risk is obviously certainly there. And, and you're, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that you're a little concerned about the campus bubble environment and that it'll be tough for players and staff to be able to stick to that environment. And specifically with the NBA when, when they're down in Disney, let's just say that they are able to practice social distancing well, are able to stay to the mask adhering policies and you know stay within their hotel area and not go between different hotels it's very very in depth what the nba and the and the nba players association the nba pa national basketball players association have come up with so if they are able to stick to everything that they've decided upon dr brian do you feel better about the campus environment down there at disney world oh i think it's better than if they were traveling from city to city getting on flights there is no doubt that's better and the other thing that's really important is you're going to be in a more controlled environment. For instance, when I go to the hospital, let's face it, I'm treating people who have COVID. I'm in, I'm in the hotbed. But because I know it, I'm wearing PPE, I'm taking precautions. In some respects, you could say I have less chance of getting COVID, as strange as it sounds, as if I was at the store. Because at the store, I'm going to let my guard down. So if these players are in an environment where they really understand that they're protected and they're doing things, they could be far better off than the rest of us because they're getting that protection. So I think that's a really, that's a positive. But I do believe you're going to see cases where people are infected and they're exposed and they're not going to be able to play for a period of time and they'll have to go through that decision tree. I would be stunned if you don't have a number of players who, who become positive. Uh, moving on to hockey, their plan is to play in two hub cities that have not been decided yet. How do you feel about that plan where it's not one campus environment, but you have the eastern teams in one place and the western teams in another place until they get to the Stanley Cup final? Probably no different, as long as they have a protected environment and they're doing everything they need. And again, what we need to realize is if someone's positive, here's where the problem occurs. If someone's positive and they're an athlete, you know, you, you know, you're running, your heart rate goes up, 
you're breathing harder, that's when you will essentially spit or release fluids that will get other people infected. It can happen fast. So if you got someone infected in a hockey environment or basketball, that's where it'll happen. And if you remember when the first couple days when this was happening, when they shut down the NBA, there were a number of cases pretty fast where somebody was guarding somebody, a couple of the Sixers got it, a couple of the other posing players. It's really easy to understand why that would happen. So right now they say, and, and you mentioned back in March when, when it really escalated and the Rudy Gobert incident is what led to all the different sports leagues postponing their seasons or delaying the starts of their seasons wherever they were in their calendar. But now they're saying that if there is a positive test and you've seen it the past week or so with the Phillies, the Phillies have had seven players, most of them in Clearwater, one not in Clearwater test positive. They've had five staff members test positive. There's been other cases around the country with different teams that have tested positive. But now the leagues are saying, the NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, that if there's a positive test, they don't believe that they're going to have to shut down. They now have plan and protocol in place that they'll isolate the person who's been tested positive, do contact tracing, and try to contain the spread. Do you feel that the sports world is now better equipped to handle a situation like that? Yeah, absolutely. They've watched what we've done in medicine. For instance, let's say I saw a patient and I, uh, two days later, have fever and chills. And because I have fever and chills, I'm tested and I find out I'm positive. Once I'm positive, I'm not allowed back to work until I have tested negative twice as a physician. So in other words, I go through two weeks of illness, three weeks, whatever it would be. I start to get better. I still have to test negative twice before I do that. So I, if I was a ball player, the season's over. So if a player gets infected, pretty much the way these are accelerated seasons, they're done. But the problem is in that two days when they didn't know they were positive, they may have infected five or six other people. And then all of a sudden you could have four or five players out. So if, if you have four or five players out on two teams, you can see how rapidly it can spread. And that's the concern. How many players will be left? They're going to have to have a, a lot of players. You may see the end of the NBA season with a bunch of people from the rookie league playing out the end of the season, theoretically, if it goes through the people as fast as it could. Uh, baseball's not going to have hub cities if they're going to be playing. I guess the plan is to play in, in, in empty ballparks. Um how do you feel about that? It's the sport of the four major in America that has the least direct contact. It's probably the easiest to pat, to practice social distancing. So even though there's not that hub city campus like environment that they're going to be in, uh, do you, and they're traveling from different city to city, do you feel that since it's baseball, it's okay to be able to play in the different cities and the different ballparks? I worry about how they're going to get from city to city. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, you think about it, if they stay as a team and travel as a team and, and, it's, and it's not like with other people, theoretically that would be better. But again, you're in a situation where once you travel for an hour or two, I've been talking about that with airlines, if you don't have the six-foot social distancing, even if you're wearing a mask, you're, losing, you're missing half of the picture. So if someone was positive and they're on a two-hour bus ride, that's problematic. So again you may see more cases. I don't, this is a really aggressive virus in how it attacks people. It spreads real easily. So you can do what you can do, but I think we're going to see cases. 
But the other side of it is, what's the alternative? You know, do you not try? I think they're trying to the best of their ability to do it as safe as possible. I worry more about, I hear let's talk at least, about let's say the Southeastern Conference in football having stadiums full of people. I, I, I can't imagine anyone going into a stadium. I'll give you an example. I have season tickets to Villanova basketball. I've seen the games. I love the games. Um, there was an option this year. You could donate a certain amount of money to the university to keep your tickets for the following year. I took that option because I said, there's no way. Well, also, I see patients who have COVID, so I wouldn't go into a stadium. But I don't want to be in a stadium this season. I, I just think right now, if it was the, I told them it was a national championship game and I could be in the front row, I still wouldn't go because of the theoretical risk. Now, I'm older. You know, if I was 25, would I think differently? I might. But the reality is right now, playing the way they're doing it with empty stadiums, trying to be in a bubble, I think that's the way it's going to have to be. I think that's the only way they'll pull it off. Uh, football, Dr. Fauci last week uh, to CNN said that he, um, unless they're in a bubble and kept away from the community and tested nearly daily, that he he's concerned about the ability to play football this fall because of the potential second wave of the coronavirus. And he, he said there may not be football this year. And that caught, caught a lot of attention. The NFL responded, and to paraphrase, that they, they basically emphasized the NFL's top doctor that they're going to be very careful. And what Dr. Fauci said, they've been, you know, they've been discussing and talking about, and they're going to be flexible and adaptable. And, and basically, in short, in other words, they're going to be very careful. Um, what did you think about Dr. Fauci's comments? And do you think that it's going to be very difficult to play football this fall because of a potential second wave? And of all the sports, it, it's probably the most contact. I think Dr. Fauci's initial points were right on. I think he works in a political environment where a lot of pressure was put upon him and he has to kind of be a little more diplomatic. But I mean, just without me even coming out and saying it, think about it. You've got a virus that's spread through contact and droplet nuclei. So just the players alone, they're pushing each other on the line, let's say, with incredible exertion and power. I got to believe they're spitting, they're, they're, they're sweating, and they're touching each other. That they alone are at risk if someone has an infection. You put a crowd of people into a stadium who are screaming and yelling, and, and when they're screaming and yelling, they're not just you and me talking. They're yelling. There's droplet nuclei all over the stadium in a closed environment at a time when we believe the numbers of cases are going up. There's no way you won't have problems, and you also won't be accelerating the, number, the spread in the country. If you look at northern Italy, which was really where we had those big problems initially, they traced it back to a soccer game where there was a great goal and everybody's excited and they're all hugging each other. There were people in that stadium who died, uh, you know, and they died. That was like the last big event they went to. Now I don't want to be gloom and doom, but you know, the NFL has to present things the way they want to present it. There's a lot of money on the line. There's a lot of need on the line to play sports, but the other side of it is what Dr. Fauci said makes a lot of sense. Unless we have a vaccine or a treatment, I don't see how you can do it. And that's why I worry about college even more than the pros, because these are kids who are in scholarships and, you know, they're, they're being told, well, we may not continue your scholarship if you don't come to practice. And that bothers me because they're under pressure. Pro athletes at least can say yes or no. So these are a lot of big issues right now. 
because all you got to do is look at the same facts. No matter what a politician tells you, no matter what a coach tells you, no matter what a team tells you, the virus spreads the same way and nothing has changed since the beginning. We can ignore it and say it has, but the reality is it spreads rapidly and it's through droplet nuclei contact and those things. So anytime you put people in that position, there's a greater chance for spread. Two more for you, Dr. Brian. Um, the first one is with uh, increased testing um, right now, more than there was back in March when sports really went on pause. Do you think that it will be easier to deal with potential positive cases since there's more testing and it's easier to figure out who has it and who doesn't have it? Testing is key. In fact, testing is key for the whole country. If you think about how this evolved without getting too long-winded, when it first happened, we kind of could have gotten ahead of the other countries because we saw what was happening and we didn't. But I can see how that happened because we were kind of caught a little bit by surprise. We then shut the country down and everybody's paid the price for that. But while the country was being shut down, we, we flattened the curve. But that's when we really needed to be ramping up testing, as you say, because testing is the key to everything. Because we've done 25 million or 30 million tests since it started. Honestly, we should be doing five to 10 million a day, like every day to be able to track who has it. Because if you do that, if you can track and trace, you can you can solve these issues. That's the key, because if not, you're essentially flying blind. So to your point, yes, if these pro sports test everybody on a daily basis. And I think the big illusion is don't just check, check temperatures. A high temperature is a sign of COVID, but it could be diarrhea. It could be shortness of breath. It could be a lot of other things before you get the temperature. So it's that testing that matters and reliable testing that you can count on that will have positive results that you can believe. That's the other part. Last one for you. Um, so the NBA is planning to come back end of July. NHL expected to be early August-ish. Um, MLB most likely end of July. And the, NH and the NFL hopes to play a, a regular season starting in September with training camps be beginning at the uh, end of next month in, in July. Um, to sum everything up, do you think that these four leagues, and I guess if you want to consider MLS too, do you think that these professional leagues with team sports are going to be able to NBA and NHL finish their season, MLB get their season started and finish, NFL get its season and start started and finished, and MLS as well with soccer? I think your best bets are the summer sports one, because we are seeing a little bit of a, I mean, we have hot spots, let's say in Florida and Texas and some other areas where they've kind of come out and they kind of didn't believe the message of wearing masks and all those things. But theoretically, the summer shouldn't be as bad. So those sports should be a little easier. I think football will have the toughest time because if you think about it, football's peak season is going to happen when you have flu season and COVID. So me as a doctor, I have all these people sniffling and sneezing and coming in with fever and symptoms. I don't know if someone's COVID or not. I mean, just think about it in office. You, Everybody comes in and you've got flu, COVID, and, and you don't know. And plus, you know, that's the time of year where people are more indoors, more likely to have a spread. I think that's our concerning time. So football may have the greatest challenge. Like they may have to kind of stop and then kind of reboot and go later. I think that might be what you see happens. I would be very surprised if I would love it if they could because I'm a big football fan, but I don't know if they could make it all the way through. I think they've got to give up the idea of having fans in the stadium, though. 
I really think as much as they want to, and I understand it's big business, I think they got to look at it and go, do we really want to do this? And then just have the players isolated. And that's a lot to ask of these players. I know they make a fortune, but, you know, to be away from your family, they're, they're young, they might have wives, children, you know, all those things. It is tough. KYW medical editor, Dr. Brian McDonough, thank you for the time. Uh, look forward to the next time we chat, and hopefully the next time we chat, sports, sporting events are safely back and operating without any positive tests. So hopefully that's the case. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, David. That's what I want more than anything. We all need the relaxation, the fun, and, and the release that sports gives us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.